This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about the rules of the Roth. And with me, I have Roth IRA expert, financial planner, Julie Chadwick. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. Lots Absolutely. to talk about with Roths. There is. And there's, there's, it seems like an easy topic to understand. But when you really start digging into the rules and you think about all the different ways they can be used, I think it's important for people to understand them. So that's right. why we wanted to do a show about them. All right. So let's talk about the basics. I think that that's the easiest thing to talk about, how basically a Roth IRA works. So when you put your money in... Do you get a tax deduction? You don't on a Roth. There you go. You don't on a Roth. You pay the taxes on the the year that you make the contribution. Right. So why would you want to have an account where you have to pay the taxes on the money that you put in? Because once you pay the taxes on that, then you're done. All the <laughs> that's the key. You yep. pay it once, and then you're done. It grows tax deferred, and then all the when you take it out, it's going to be tax free. Yes, as long as you follow all the rules, you're creating this big pool of tax-free money for you. So when you think about it, like in our neck of the woods in the Midwest, it's kind of like asking somebody who's a farmer, do you want to pay taxes on the seed or on the harvest? Hey, that's a good, that's a really good analogy. I like that one. You know, so for sure, we want to pay no, taxes on the small amount and not in the big amount. And exactly. that's what the beauty of a Roth really yep. is. Right. Okay, so um, another kind of basic piece of the Roth IRA is how much you can actually contribute to that. So when you're contributing to a Roth, there are limits of what you can put into it. So for 2019, you can put up to $5,500 into there and $6,500 if you're over age 50. So that's mm-hmm. the max. That's Yep. Not a massive amount by any stretch of the matter. Still some good good money that you can put away, right? Right. For growth, yep. Exactly. Now, we're going to talk in a little while about how to maximize that by um, tapping into a Roth 401k as well. But I want to just stay kind of on the Roth IRA first for a while because there's some things that I think are important to know about that Roth IRA. So when you put your money in, like Julie said, those contributions you've paid taxes on, And then it starts to grow tax deferred. So the growth on it, you're not getting taxed on along the way. Right. Now, what most people don't know is that you can actually withdraw your original Roth contributions back out without a penalty if you've met some certain rules. Right. So a lot of people think, all right, there's that number of 59 and a half. If Mm -hmm. I take it out before that, I'm going to get penalized. But you're exactly right. People don't know that your original contribution is free to go to you. Right. So what are some of the rules that you have to satisfy before you can do that? When you have to when you put the money in the Roth, you have to hold that Roth for five years. Yep. That's the main key. That's the probably the number one thing that a lot of times people don't understand is that you have to hold that Roth for five years. That allows you to able to be able to draw the earnings tax free as well. Mm-hmm. But you can always have that in there. So that is it you know, that's the important part. If you draw before fifty nine and a half, you're gonna pay IRS penalties as well. Because it is designed for retirement. Only. On the earnings. Mm-hmm. Yep. On the earnings. Yep. So those are some of the little quirks that people don't know about with the Roth in there. So So let's just clarify that. When you put your money in, you pay taxes on what you've put in and it grows tax deferred and will come out tax free. 
it will come out tax-free and penalty-free if you've held it for at least five years and you're 59 and a half. Right. In the meantime, if you have to pull out money from it, you can grab the contributions and bring them back out because those have already had taxes paid on them. That's why there's this kind of uniqueness to it of being able to access those. So sometimes people use Roth IRAs for non-retirement goals like paying for college or buying a home because they know they can grab the contributions but leave the gains in there to continue to grow for them. Right. So it's kind of a way to split that and have you know access to some of that money if you need it. Right. So this five-year rule is something that trips people up a lot. It really is. And here's why. Let's talk a little bit about Roth 401ks for a minute. So there in the last, oh, I'd say 10 years, there's been provisions added. And most 401ks have kind of gone to the route of allowing you to choose whether or not you want to put money in a traditional 401k side or a Roth 401k side. Right. And it kind of works the same way as IRAs from a tax perspective, right? Yep. You can put that money in there. It's going to be your after-tax money, but it grows tax-deferred. And then when you take that out, again, it's going to be tax-free. You can put a lot bigger amount in when you're talking about your employer plans when you do a Roth 401k. So that's another benefit for you. But there are some kinks on that if you want to roll it over then if it's in the 401k plan. Right. So if you have Roth 401k money, you have to roll the Roth 401k money over to a Roth IRA. The five-year rule, though, really trips people up because the five-year clock does not start ticking when the money's in the Roth 401k. Right. It only starts ticking once it's in the Roth IRA. Right. So if you roll it out of that 401k plan and roll it into a new Roth IRA, your five-year starts over. Right. (laughs) You have to start a five-year clock ticking from there to be able to withdraw tax-free. Right. Even right. if you had the Roth for 20 years, <laughs> it wouldn't matter. In the 401k. Right. Yep. And even if you're 62 years old, yep, the five-year exactly. clock still has to tick. So that's a, that's kind of a major important detail that a lot of people don't understand. So the, the benefit for you then would be to start and establish a Roth IRA outside of your 401k so that you can start your five-year clock ticking now. And then when you do retire and your Roth 401k rolls into that Roth IRA, your five-year clock had been ticking for quite some time. Right. So that's the key is you already have one outside your plan set up. That's the key. That is a big key. So everybody (laughs) listening, if you have a Roth 401k, you're going to want to talk to someone about establishing a Roth IRA if you don't already have one. Even if you opened it up, put $500 in it, and never contributed again, that that starts your five-year clock. So go ahead. All right. So one of the barriers, though, to doing that is that not everybody qualifies to open a Roth IRA. Right. So you can kind of get caught in the rules. (laughs) Exactly. That's the next thing is you have to have some earned income to be able to contribute to that Roth IRA. Yes. So not only do you have to have earned income, but your earned income can't be over a certain limit either. Right. And you can only contribute the amount that you earn too. So if you're a new young person and you don't have a large income, you can only contribute the amount up to what you earned. <laughs> right. So if you only made $2,000, you can't contribute $5,000. Right. Exactly. You can only contribute the two. Yep. Okay. So people get um, thrown out though of being able to put money into a Roth IRA if their income limits are over a certain number. So if you're a single filer, and your adjusted gross income is over $137,000, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. 
And then if you're in between 122,000 and 137, it's going to be reduced as to how much you can do. Right. So you can still do some, just not the maximum. Not the full amount. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you're married and you're filing your taxes jointly, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA if your household's adjusted gross income exceeds 203,000. Then your phase out, your reduction numbers are between 193 and that 202. Right. So here's the thing is that if you make too much money, you run into a problem where you might have a Roth 401k at work, but you don't even have the potential to start a Roth IRA on your own. Right, exactly. You're precluded because of those income limits. So because you've done a good job. (laughs) Yes, congratulations. You can't do this. (laughs) Enter... Smart financial planning, though. There you go. There's always some way to get around some of these. There is a loophole. Again, (laughs) I love the loopholes. (laughs) So if you are a high earner, if you're single making more than $137,000, or if you're married and your income's more than $203,000, perk up your ears and listen to this. There is a loophole that is called a backdoor Roth IRA. Now, it sounds like it's stepping into the gray area tax-wise. It may be a totally little shady. Not. Yeah, <laughs> totally not. Completely yep. legit loophole. In fact, the last time that Congress changed the tax law, they looked at that. They left it there intentionally, basically giving their blessing to the fact that this loophole exists. Right. Okay? So they're fully aware. Yes. So a backdoor Roth IRA works like this. If you have a traditional IRA, so one that you haven't paid taxes on, you can convert some or all of it to a Roth IRA in order to establish your Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's not new and that's not the backdoor part. That's just a normal conversion. But the backdoor Roth IRA piece of this is if you make too much money, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. But what you could do is called a non-deductible IRA contribution. So you could take your $5,500, you could establish an account that's a non-deductible IRA, make the contribution, and then immediately convert it to a Roth IRA. Right. So the key with the non-deductible IRA is that you can't deduct that from your taxes, from right. your earnings. That's Just like key. a Roth. Just like mm-hmm. a Roth. But you're still being able to get that pre get that IRA designation on there. So you just don't get the deduction, but it's still going to stay and be tax deferred. So think through it. If you took $5,500 that was non-deductible and put it into a non-deductible IRA and then immediately convert it, there's not going to be taxes due on the conversion because it hasn't had any time to actually earn anything. This is the beauty of the backdoor conversion. So because you've done it that way, you've now established your Roth IRA and you've gotten your five-year clock ticking. Exactly. So that's your way to do kind of an end run around the original rules is by using this loophole. Now, I'm going to tell you that the backdoor Roth IRAs have a whole bunch of quirky rules around them, more so than we can go into on this show. So if that, if something is that appeals to you, if you are a high wage earner and you want to see if this can be workable for you, you need to reach out and call us. And we'll go over the rules and look at your situation. Because one of the biggest issues with this that causes a problem that people don't understand is if you have multiple traditional IRAs out there, it will screw this up. Right. So one traditional IRA and then doing the conversion, pretty easy peasy. 
multiple ones. There's a whole bunch of weird proportional rules surrounding it. So you've got to talk to us about whether or not this will work for you or how it will work for you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can work with you to consolidate some of your accounts so that it becomes a workable solution. Because let me tell you, the backdoor Roth IRA is a powerful solution. Mm -hmm. Imagine doing that every year. You know, you are saving in your Roth 401k, but now you're doing this contribution that you didn't have access to before. You really can create some compound benefit from it. Definitely. Yep. It's a good option to be able to have that two, do, two different areas that where you can put savings away for retirement. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the rules of the Roth. So we've talked about who qualifies for it, how much you can contribute. We've talked about this five-year Roth rule that trips up a lot of people and what the fantastic strategy of the backdoor Roth IRA is. Now I want to talk a little bit about special situations. So one of the questions that we get frequently asked about is um, for people who are senior citizens who might already have either retired or kind of be in their retirement year. Right. So what's one of the key rules that people who are, let's say, over age 59 and a half need to pay attention to? The beauty of the Roth is that you don't have to worry about not being able to contribute because once, like with a traditional IRA, once you start taking a distribution on that, your required distribution, you can't contribute to them anymore. Mm -hmm. The Roth, you don't have to worry about that. You still can. Right. And that's because the Roth IRA does not make you take a distribution. Exactly. There are no required minimum distributions for Roths. And that is a huge difference between that and traditional. Mm -hmm. So another way people utilize these Roths is as a legacy gift. Mm -hmm. Because it's a way to create a big pool of tax-free money and pass it down to the next generation because you don't have to take that required minimum out. Right. So if you have maybe some of that never money, sometimes we call it, where it's, you're, you know, you're never going to plan on using it in your lifetime, mm -hmm. it's an awesome way to pass it on. Yep. Now, in order for you to contribute, though, like Julie said earlier, you have to actually be making money. Right. <laughs> so earned income is the name of the game here. Your social security money or distributions from pensions or things like that, they don't count as earned income from the standpoint that you can turn around and make a Roth contribution. Right. So you actually have to be working. Now, one thing from a tax rule I think that's kind of nice to know is that if you withdraw money from your Roth IRA, they are not counted in the income calculations that determine other benefits, like how much tax you have to pay on Social Security or your Medicare, or what your Medicare cost is <laughs> yep. going to be. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a big deal. Right. Because usually all those things add up in there and that's going to affect your Social Security, how much you get taxed on it. Right. Because up to 85 percent of your Social Security can be taxable. So if you have all income is coming from a Roth and then your Social Security, then it's not going to push you up to that higher number. Right. It's not going to bump you into a next bracket or move you up higher. Yeah. Now, same with Medicare. Medicare is going to be evaluated every year for what your premiums are. Mm -hmm. And each year that each year that they look at, if you had a year where you have a lot of high income, then it's going to be bumped up. If it, next year it went down, that'll readjust down. So you can utilize Roth IRAs in a lot of great ways. But to manipulate how much you pay in taxes when you are retired is my favorite way. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Anytime we can save on taxes, that's always a good thing. There is a, a question that I've seen posed before where where can $1 more of income create like 
10,000 more in taxes. (laughs) And it's because if it pops you up into the next tax bracket or makes your Social Security taxable at a higher level or hits you to a higher Medicare premium, that one extra dollar of income can create like a ripple cascade effect of excess taxation. But if it comes out of a Roth, it's not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So I like that. Okay, so that's kind of for the senior citizens. Now, let's talk a little bit about minors because a lot of people like to, you know, come up with the idea of, well, I want to put a bunch of money into Roth areas for my kids. If these can compound and create tax-free money for me, think about what could happen if I started one for my kid when they were two. Exactly. That's a great idea. That's a great idea, and it's good thinking. It's starting early because we said that. Starting early is the key. But that might be a little bit too early because you still have that one loop, that one of the criteria, which is earned income. There you go. Now, you have to have earned income. But I have seen some very, very smart people come up with creative ways to give children, little children, earned income. Yep, exactly. So for instance, and I'm not saying whether or not this is right or wrong. I'm just saying that I have seen it, and it's been blessed by the tax preparer that did this. Um, they have their child model for photographs that are used inside their company brochure. Mm -hmm. And by golly, they paid that child $5,500 for doing that, (laughs) which just happens to be the max you can contribute to a Roth. Yep. So that was the modeling fee that that child earned, used in a legit business purpose, paid to the child in the child's Social Security number, And so certainly went through the normal tax piece, Mm -hmm. but then was contributed to a Roth. Right. And so the key is the legit business, meaning that you're going to get a 1099 or a W-2 on that. So a lot of times people say, well, they babysit or I pay them to do chores or things like that. When you're just paying them cash like that and it's not going to be reported, that's not going to fly. (laughs) So that's the key. It has to be documented. Right. Document is the key. Yeah. So now you can use self-employment income for a child, like the babysitting or mowing lawns and things like that, but only if you're actually going to file a tax return and claim that as income. Right. And most people aren't claiming their kids' babysitting money as income. (laughs) I mean, that's just the truth of it. Exactly. Yep. But it can be done. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of an interesting way to think about it. Now, why... Outside of the fact that there's a lengthy period of time that you can compound things, why would somebody want to consider doing that instead of saving another way for their child? Well, by putting that money away, it's growing tax-deferred, and then when you take it out, it's going to be tax-free for them, too. Right. And remember how at the beginning of this we talked about that you can take your original contributions back out. So this is kind of a quirky way for people to save money for college sometimes. So instead of putting money into a 529, which is required to be used for college to get the tax benefits, a lot of people will find a way to contribute for a Roth, legitimate business Mm -hmm. purpose way to contribute to the Roth with money that their child has earned because you can pull the contributions back out and use them for college and let the earnings still stay in that Roth IRA and live on tax-deferred and growing tax Right. So a lot of times people will say, hey, I just don't know if my child's going to go for college and I don't want to have that money tied up in there. Right. I don't have anyone else I can pass it down to. So it's a way to be able to do that without the penalties. Now, how do you know if what your money is invested in inside your Roth IRA is actually any good? Right. A lot of times if you're starting young with some with like like with a minor, like we talked about, if you're starting with your kids, it's really important to be thinking about the time horizon that they're going to be invested in. Right. If they're going to be in 20 plus years, 
you want, and it's a smaller amount that you're starting out with, you might want to look at one of the lifestyle funds or a target date fund or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be more aggressive the younger they are because they have time in the market. And then the closer they get to th- the time when they're going to be taking that out, then it's going to ratchet down that aggressiveness to be a little more conservative. And a question that we get is, can I have multiple Roth IRAs? And the answer for sure is yes. Mm -hmm. You can have as many as you want. But that may or may not make sense. And the reason that it might not make sense is because smaller account balances tend to have higher fees. Exactly. Yeah. 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 A lot of times you're going to be limited on the funds that you can choose from. Because if you Mm -hmm. have a small amount in there, maybe say 500 or 1,000, you might only be able to pick one fund. Right. And then you're going to be having annual fees or something like that for each fund. So there's different ways around that. A lot of times the IRS kind of filing fee that IRAs charge can be anywhere from 15 to $50 a mm-hmm. year. So having multiple accounts can be an expensive strategy. So if you have multiple Roth IRAs or if you want to get advice on whether or not the investments inside your Roth IRA are, let's say, above average or what you really want to be invested in and align with your risk tolerance level, then reach out, give us a call, talk to Julie. She'll analyze that for you and help you figure out if if where your position with those and how you're using your Roth IRA really does fit the most maximized strategies. Right. All right. So we've gone over a lot of different things today surrounding Roth IRAs. We're excited for people who can use that backdoor Roth IRA option. For sure, give us a call to see if that works for you. Otherwise, thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.